All right. Welcome to another episode of the Speech Change Repeat podcast today with Jill Blunder. Hi, Jill. How are you doing? I'm very well. How, how are you, Jonathan? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Thanks. Uh, thanks for taking time today. Very, very excited that you're on the show today. And uh, as always, we start the same way, you know, in order to have kind of an icebreaker for, for the episode. It would be great if you could kind of tell our, um, you know, our listeners and, um, you know, obviously also for me to kind of like where you're coming from, who you are, um, you know, a little bit in a storytelling way, give us a, a little bit of a background here on your, on your, uh, you know, story so far and how you ended up where you are today. Sure. So I'm a, a scientist in background, um, born and raised in Israel, uh, and I'm sure that you can hear it from my accent. Um, uh, I done my PhD at the Weizmann Institute of Science in Israel, and I was and still uh, really fascinated by the aging pro uh, pro process. I wanted to live forever. I wanted to delay the onset of aging-related diseases. Uh, I want to improve the quality of life. I want to help us uh, not only live longer, but also live better. So that's why I decided to study biology. And uh, then uh, I moved to MIT in 2002 and done a postdoctoral fellowship at the lab of uh, Lenny Guarante, which is uh, one of the leader in uh, aging research in the world. Uh, he found the uh, longevity genes that uh, have been shown to increase lifespan in the uh, east and in the uh, worms and even in uh, mice. And uh, I spent five years there. And uh, uh, during that time, I uh, uh, realized that uh, uh, I might uh, contribute more to humanity if I will start my own company than being a professor in the academia. And uh, I came to that conclusion because at the time at MIT, I was uh, exposed to the biotech pharmaceutical high-tech environment of uh, Kendall Square, which is the area around MIT. There are thousands of companies around there. And I was uh, fortunate enough to be uh, exposed to some of them. Lenny had a company, uh, David Sinclair, which is a, a, a former a post-doctoral fellowship, a fellow at that uh, lab uh, at the company. I worked with one company and I was also fortunate enough to be uh, funded by the Estee Lauder, the cosmetic company, because I done some uh, uh, interesting work on uh, skin aging and differentiation. So all of that uh, showed me that the uh, industry is not evil and you can uh, do a lot for humanity uh, uh, if you will uh, move to the industry. Um, and then uh, I moved to the industry, but I assume that you will have other questions, so maybe we'll uh, keep it to the future. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, we're going to be talking a lot about your, um, you know, obviously your journey as an entrepreneur. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm quite uh, fascinated by your background and also, you know, um, I appreciate your interest in, in, you know, or curiosity basically in, in life and human biology. And um, so if you, if you would kind of, you know, sum up, um, because this is, this is pretty early, um, uh, you know, 2002, if we, if we think about it, when you kind of like, um, you know, finished your PhD, you, you are thinking about longevity, you said you wanted to live forever. And if I kind of look at the status quo right now, um, you know, especially throughout the last decade with, with uh, you know, all this venture funding available, we've really come to this point where, you know, this word longevity is really kind of thrown uh, around a lot. You know, this is like a, 
this is a phrasing we use for a lot of startups, right? Um, uh, also kind of like a marketing um, effect, etc. But, you know, from your perspective, and I think you're, you know, um, probably one of the best people to judge this, um, given your background, how far have we come from, you know, that time where you really kind of embarked on that journey with your PhD to uh, nowadays in the sense of really the development towards kind of, you know, not just understanding longevity, but transforming it towards, you know, products, applicability for, for humanity? Yeah, I think that uh, a lot have been changed in the last, let's say, 20 years. I think that uh, uh, first is the perception. So at that time, uh, uh, if you looked at the industry, it was uh, like a few crazy people that uh, thought about longevity. Today is uh, literally mainstream. You see a grandma buying NAD analogs in order to live longer. It's, it was crazy before. In 2002, she might have bought, a, I don't know, Centrum, but not, not NAD analogs. Um, so so uh, I think that the uh, perception changed significantly. There are a lot of also uh, progress in the scientific community that uh, came uh, into um, started to establish companies and started to establish a product. So as I mentioned before, today there are a lot of supplement or supplement company that are geared specifically for longevity. Uh, you have company like InstaTracker, which we'll discuss later, that they gear for longevity and based on a diagnostic and based on optimization, human body optimization, which at that time, uh, we, we have been the first when I uh, started the company. Um, and then you have uh, a lot of uh, uh, also drugs that can uh, uh, start to appear that might help you live longer. Again, none of them is uh, already approved, but uh, some of them like uh, metformin is a, a very good example. Metformin is a drug that uh, to treat pre-diabetic and diabetic people. And uh, uh, because so many people are using this drug, they, when they started to look and compare between patients that use this drug and not using the drug, they've seen that actually patients that are using this drug are living much longer than patients that are not using this drug. And if you compare them to normal people that are not diabetic, they are even living longer than them. But if you think about it, uh, on average, diabetic uh, might live a, a decade less than the average person. So suddenly, oh, maybe metformin is the uh, holy grail. And there are a few other drugs in, uh, in that domain. And then you have all the clocks. So I don't know how much your uh, audience is aware of that, but uh, and now we started to come with a clock. You have your uh, chronological age, but what is your real age? What is your internal age? What is your inner age? So there are a lot of clocks, some of them, uh, like what we built in InstaTracker based on the blood biomarkers, other are based on epigenetics. We, which we can discuss later. And there are a lot of other uh, ways to look at that. So, so I think that uh, if you look at all of that in that direction, and now uh, all the uh, 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 regeneration of uh, organs, so we can take a couple of cells from your body and we can develop a liver for you. So think about it like you go to your, uh, uh, I don't know, to the, uh, to the technician uh, to take care of your car and they re realize that, I don't know, the engine is not working. It's not a problem, let's take the engine out, put a new engine and the car will run. So think about it like that. Maybe in a few years we can take the liver out and put a, a new liver that is exactly your liver. It's not a, a you haven't took it from someone new. You just uh, regenerate uh, cells from your body and uh, make a new liver. So, so there is a lot of uh, exciting in the field because there are a lot of new direction that uh, 
uh, uh, might come in the near future. Yeah, so I mean, there's um, there's a, a lot of companies that have really, um, you know, kind of embarked on this journey of of not just increasing life but increasing quality of life, right? So at the same time, and um, that obviously will lead to um, things that one can change about behavior and lifestyle, you know, in 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 you know as as early as possible, um, uh, obviously. And uh, there's a lot of things that are happening around that. And I mean, um, you know, that's, uh, we, we see a lot of things happening in, in the variable space. We see a lot of things about tracking, tracking uh, stuff. And at the same time, also analyzing uh, all sorts of different um, data that we now have available. Um, how do you, how do you place that, um, the importance of beyond developing uh, certain drugs, et cetera, that will prolong life but really towards you know behavior change as a as a leverage basically or as a kind of really powerful uh way of you know of improving quality of life on the long end so and and i personally see that still as really you know especially looking from the from the angle of, of all of these different companies that we have that are famous in the variable space etc diagnostics I see that still a little bit tricky that, you know, from, from the sense of how that is being targeted on scale, you know, and not from just trying to hit the high performing individual, but really in, you know, scaling this, you know, this consciousness about, uh, about this into, into society. How do you see that? Yeah, I think that it's a very good point. I think that lifestyle can uh, do a lot and the, uh, there are a lot of things that the lifestyle is even more important than genetics. So if you eat well and sleep well and exercise well, uh, you can definitely uh, increase uh, uh, not only the lifespan, but also the health span. So basically health span is uh, how long you, you live from birth to the moment that you start uh, 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 having a, a real disease. Uh, and uh, definitely lifestyle is uh, uh, very important. And, uh, and that's why that's one of the reasons that why we I started InstaTracker because we, that's what we are doing. We are finding what happening inside your body, and then based on that, giving you recommendations, specific recommendation. What should you do in order to uh, optimize your body? And hopefully, if you optimize your body, you live a better, longer life. So it's definitely <laughs> lifestyle is very important. But I think that uh, on top of lifestyle, there are other things that we discussed before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's talk about the the early days of you know um, and, and venturing kind of into Inside Tracker. Uh, you said you you early on realized that you know there's a lot that you can do within the industry, and um, I, I always find it fascinating when people come out of academia and then also embark on the journey of of entrepreneurship. Um, you know, guide me through these uh, really early days of. Um, of Inside Tracker, and then we'll, you know, kind of chronologically go through these different stages of how how the company has evolved so far. Yeah, the aging of the company. Yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, so so I left uh, uh, MIT, and uh, um, I was looking for. Uh, I realized that I I never been uh, in the industry in a real way. So I decided first let's learn the industry. So I interviewed the, uh, in a lot of companies. Uh, and then I uh, selected actually a very small startup in Boston that done a, a system biology, which is a, 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 today it's the 
beginning, or if you look at it today, it's the beginning of uh, computational biology, data science, and all of that. At that day, it was in 2007. It was uh, pretty early days. I, I don't remember someone saying data science. Today, everyone's saying it. at that time it wasn't. And uh, I, I joined that company, and the company done uh, consulting work with a big uh, pharmaceutical companies, uh, Pfizer, uh, GSK, and other. So it was very interesting for me to learn all of, all of that information, uh, but also because I uh, um, was fascinated by the EGIC process, I said, okay, let's use the platform that I develop and try to develop a model for something that related to longevity. And uh, one of the most uh, uh, powerful intervention for longevity until today is caloric restriction. So basically, if you cut the amount of calories for uh, any model organism, let's say 30 to 50%, the model organism can live 30 to 50% longer. Okay, so it, you do it for mice and yeast and worms and uh, uh, fish and even uh, 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 monkeys, you can extend the lifespan significantly. And uh, I was really interested to try to understand what happening under the hood. Why, why caloric restriction extend the lifespan? So I was fortunate enough that uh, I worked in a company that had a good platform. So I basically collected all the publicly available data about caloric restriction. So uh, microarray analysis, basically it's uh, looking at RNA changes and proteomics and all of that, combine it together and uh, try to build a model and see what are the processes that are changing in, uh, if you compare caloric restricted mice to uh, normal mice. Luckily, I also included a couple of controls. So one of them was uh, young versus old mice. So to see what is the, how close is caloric restriction to aging, to normal aging. And the second one was a, a, a mice that have been treated with resveratrol. And resveratrol uh, uh, is a, a small molecule that uh, some people are saying that is enriched in red wine that uh, uh, have been shown to be activator of the protein that I worked at uh, MIT, uh, which is the SIR2 family that uh, at that time you, uh, uh, was uh, very in fashion because it's uh, activated this protein. And uh, uh, there was one paper that came from uh, David Sinclair at that time that showed that actually resveratrol can uh, extend lifespan uh, or improve also the health span in uh, obese mice. So I done all of that uh, experiment in the computer because all of it was uh, data that uh, publicly available. And what I've seen that uh, um, caloric restriction change uh, around 20 processes. So you can see a good signature of change of the insulin pathway and the serotonin pathway and other. When I looked at the uh, uh, resveratrol, I've seen only around 10% of the processes that change by caloric restriction change by resveratrol. And with uh, young versus old, I've seen also 10%, but different 10%. So basically, uh, the conclusion of this experiment was that uh, uh, caloric restriction is doing a lot of changes, but even the best uh, caloric restriction mimetic that we had uh, at that time, resveratrol, only mimic 10%. So the conclusion was, if it's, if it's only mimic 10%, the second best will mimic 8%, and the third will mimic 7%, and so on. So maybe we'll need like 20 different uh, small molecules to do it. And then uh, uh, I spent some time with a couple of other uh, PhDs at, uh, at uh, that company. And we came with the realization, why should we use uh, small molecules? Why can't we use uh, food as a drug of choice? Why can't we move the um, 
uh, the drug cabinet from the bathroom to the refrigerator. Let's, uh, let's try to use a natural uh, ingredient in order to optimize our body. And then we said, okay, but how do we know what's happening inside the body? So we, we said, let's look uh, uh, and try to find what is like uh, the dashboard. You know that when you ride uh, the car, you have the uh, amount of gasoline that you have and the temperature and the, uh, how full is the battery and so on. So let's, uh, let's replicate it for us and build like a dashboard for our human body and try to understand exactly what is the situation with our uh, body today. So we very quickly zoomed into blood biomarkers because blood biomarkers are, uh, first they are, uh, I see them as a liquid gold. They are um, basically used by the scientific community and the medical community in the last 100 years, if not more. There is a lot of data about them. They also signal a, a lot of signal about them, uh, whether they are a signal diabetes or signal other diseases, but also signal how good you are. Uh, they are also, uh, uh, some of them can be modulated by a simple intervention, such as food supplement, lifestyle, and exercise. So it's great. It's not like DNA that you cannot change. Um, and so, so I looked into uh, the catalog of uh, um, Quest Diagnostic, which is the biggest uh, uh, diagnostic company in the US. And I, I've seen that they have around 4,000 different, different blood biomarkers. So uh, I realized that first you cannot test for 4,000 because it might be very expensive, but also you might not have enough blood in your vein to test all the 4,000. So we came with some criteria. How can we pinpoint the biomarker that are more, mostly relevant for us? So biomarker of health and not disease. So we didn't want to look at a biomarker that uh, show you whether you have cancer or not, because uh, that's something for the physician. Uh, the biomarkers, as I said before, should uh, a response for a natural intervention. So you can modulate them with food supplement, exercise and lifestyle changes. And the last one is that at least 1% of the population, the US population, will have a, 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 this marker out of the normal zone. So basically we don't want to look at marker that only one in a million or one in a 10 million have an issue with. Um, so we, we done that and uh, we came with a battery. Today we have around 45 blood biomarkers that we are measuring. Um, and I'll stop here and let you ask more questions. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I, I liked that phrasing, uh, <laughs> liquid gold. Um, you know, it's, I, I think gold, so gold's the right word here um, because it's, uh, you know, ultimately the gold standard, right? To, to really um, measure, measure, um, um, human human variables um, or variables within human biology. So um, that's very interesting. And so how how did you um, and and I told you right? Let's let's go through chronologically um, on the time scale uh, for 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 Inside Tracker. How did you how did you start back in the days? Because I mean, it was around that time. So if we look at it, it's it's kind of like same time where the first. Um, Apple Watch came out as well. And it really, I think, is also kind of the start where this whole, you know, variable phenomena as well started, where more and more people started to track different types, yeah. of, types of things. And I think this is a very important aspect because you need to have users or the, the users that you're targeting, you need to, they need to be aware um, and there needs to be the right timing. So um, guide me through how you identified the, the, the people that you would be that you would be targeting with, with, yeah. with your company? 
So yeah, it's it's a it's a very good analogy, and it's it was a few years before the Apple Watch, but uh, that was the time when Fitbit started. So I remember I uh, went to San Francisco to meet with an investor, and uh, my co-founder know uh, knew the uh, co-founder one of the co-founders of Fitbit. So I remember after my uh, presentation to the venture capital, uh, we met uh, with uh, this person. At that time, they had only 20 employees and nobody knew about Fitbit. So it was very interesting to, uh, a very good analogy that uh, uh, you gave us. Um, but yeah, so, so I, I think that uh, it was an interesting uh, question to decide what kind of audience should we select. And uh, as a scientist, I really want to help the sick people, or not the sick, but the pre-diabetic or uh, more like normal people. And uh, my co-founder said, hey, we have a population, a subpopulation, uh, that's the athletic active population, like the runners and the triathletes and uh, cyclists and so on. And he said, though this population, first of all, they have a, uh, uh, they, they really care about their body. They see the body as a machine, if we get back to the analogy of the car. And, uh, and second, they are also uh, pretty wealthy. So they are people that they can pay. So that was a very good uh, suggestion. So we decided from the get-go, let's start uh, and working on a, a product for them because th this is a population that can appreciate it and also can pay for that. And as I said uh, before, I. I I'm a scientist, so it wasn't easy for me to raise money. And uh, yeah, I met with a few VCs, but uh, first the idea was a bit crazy for them to, uh, to do something like that because it was ahead of the time. And the uh, second, I haven't had a uh, five exit in my pockets that I can say, hey, I done it, I've I been there, I done it. No, it was the first time. So uh, I, I, uh, I had to go in the different route and that's the angel route. So, so basically, I, I raise uh, some money from angels, but not a lot. And basically every time that I raise some money, I uh, improve uh, or started to build the product or improve the product and then uh, raised more money and more money. So it was a, a basically stepwise a process of uh, 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 raising money. I, I was fortunate enough that uh, a few uh, angels uh, were crazy enough to invest in me. And uh, uh, because at that time it was really a, a, a crazy idea. Uh, but uh, yeah, with time we showed more and more that uh, there is merit to Instant Tracker. And uh, um, right now we, we see a, 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 an explosion of growth of uh, customers and our team grew significantly. So I think that it was a, a pretty hard there, but it's much easier right now. Absolutely, and I mean you, you. You have been already going for quite some, quite some years, right? Which means you already learned uh, a lot, right? Collected a lot of different uh, uh, data, and it's it's very interesting. So, you know, let's let's talk about um, you know kind of the the status quo about um, you know give us kind of the the elevator pitch of of value creation of Insight Tracker. You know, if if I'm a if I'm a customer today. Um, and I and I go to the website of Inside Tracker. You know what, what? What are my options? What am I looking at? What what can what can you guys do for me? Yeah, so we we, we are helping you to uh, optimize your body, improve uh, improve your uh, health and wellness, and basically, hopefully, allow you to live better, longer life. 
and we are doing it based on uh, uh, several different inputs. So as I said before, blood is uh, the most important one, it, the liquid gold. It's validate and calibrate everything. So that's the, let's say the, uh, the base of the solution. And on top of that, we had the data from the DNA that allow us to understand whether you have a risk for something or whether you have a tendency to be a, a sensitive for gluten or sensitive for lactose or something like that. Uh, and then we have the data from the fitness tracker. So we discuss Fitbit, so we are integrated with them, but also um, Garmin and Apple Watch. And from there, we can get uh, what we call physiological markers. So markers that can uh, uh, show us what's happening with your body. And we can receive this data every 20 milliseconds if we want to. Currently, we are not taking the, it in this uh, uh, gap because it's too much. But we, we can know about your resting heart rate. We can know about your sleep. We can uh, know about your VO2 max. We can know about your uh, HRV and other. And that can uh, allow us to give you a better recommendation. So if you look at it as a continuum, you have DNA that is once in a lifetime. Basically, you don't need to do it more because your DNA most likely won't change unless you will have a cancer. Then you have blood that you do it, uh, let's say every, between every few months to once a year. And I see the experience of the blood like a mountain. It's a huge mountain because you get, uh, you're so excited about that. You get so much information. It's like getting into the hygienist in the uh, dentist. So a week before you eat better and you try to exercise better just to improve and, uh, and uh, uh, to be sure that the, the results are good. And then the data from the fitness tracker and other data inputs giving you the hills between the mountains because we have mountains, let's say every six months, but what, uh, how can we keep the user engaged between the mountains? So we are uh, uh, trying to give the user uh, some information, hey, last night uh, your uh, deep sleep was bad, uh, don't worry, do X, Y, and Z, and then it will be better. Or uh, uh, um, uh, you went for an exercise, you went for a run, and uh, you finished the run, we can tell you exactly how can you replenish your uh, uh, protein, and carbohydrate, and uh, I don't know, liquids. Um, so stuff like that, that allow you to receive uh, uh, some value information between the big mountains of, uh, of the blood. Uh, what we are doing as a recommendation based on these inputs, we are giving you uh, a plan. And the plan include, uh, let's say around 10 uh, recommendation of what food to eat, what supplement to take, what exercise to do, and what lifestyle changes to perform. Again, in order to uh, optimize your body and be the best that you can be. Interesting. and. Um... So if, if we look at the at, at the product uh, or the the actual products of of the company, right? So we once uh, so on the one side we have testing, testing kind of as a, as a product, right? So you guys are sending of a, a testing kit that uh, one can one can basically do, or one can also I saw that you can send in already the results that that one got at a, at a let's say you know external lab. Um, and then plus plus to that, is there a um, is a subscription basically, right? That I that I can sign up with you guys, where you where I'm then basically getting all this value. For example, if I connect my kind of you know my 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 variables, etc., and I basically have my dashboard that I can always look at, right? Yeah. So so yeah, you can. Uh, uh, uh... 
as to data acquisition, if, if you're talking about the blood, so you, you can, uh, as you said, you can upload your own result from your physician if you have it. If you don't have it, you can go to Quest Diagnostic if you are in the US. In Canada, we have another lab called Dynacare. Uh, if you don't want to go to the lab, we can send the phlebotomist, which is a technician to your home or office, um, and they, they can take the blood from you. Uh, and if you don't wa want to do that, we also have a home kit that you can uh, uh, order the home kit. Uh, uh, you could arrive to your home, you prick your finger, put a few drops of blood on a, on a piece of paper, and uh, then our partner will uh, analyze it. For DNA, it's a, a, it's a bit similar. So you can either, if you have data from 23andMe or ancestry.com, you can upload it. If you don't have, a, we have our own a, a DNA kit that it's a bit more uh, specific for the markers that are important for us. And for wearable, as I said, you have a, a Garmin, a, a, a Fitbit and a, a Apple Watch. Uh, as to subscription, we are working into subscription. Today is not a subscription solution. Uh, so you can uh, uh, buy whatever you want and then uh, uh, later on you will need to buy it again, but uh, we are going into subscription. So I hope that by at the end of the year, we'll have a, a subscription solution for our users. Cool. And so if, if you look back now through through the last, you know, years of, of building uh, Insight Tracker, so how has, um, how has your user base changed from the you know the start the start where you where you you know were targeting um, you know these these people what you said right so um, uh, uh, runners you know cyclists etc that that were able to pay for this etc do you do you see kind of um, you know that throughout throughout the years awareness as well kind of like race throughout let's say different user groups and that now you see more and more different people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, maybe also approaching your, your company? Yeah, so, so I wouldn't say socioeconomics because I, I still think that it's, a, uh, let's say, the, a, the worried well, people that have a, a, a significant amount of money in their pocket. But mm. I think that it's not only athletes anymore. We have a, a, a significant amount of people or users that are actually more like the longevity crowd. People that, uh, they are still exercising, but they are not exercising for the podium. They are exercising for the boardroom. So people that, uh, executive that exercise in order to perform better in the boardroom. Uh, uh, people that uh, uh, literally want to be in the uh, wedding of their children's or their grandchildren's, and they are, uh, would like to be sure that they are optimized and realize that currently it's a, a, a there are not a lot of tools other than InstaTracker that can help them to optimize it and allow them, uh, let's say, to get into the retirement with uh, a lot of money in their pocket, but also a lot of health to, to join it and uh, to climb a mountain at the age of 80. So I think that uh, um, if you think about the focus or the uh, concentration of our customers, we still have a lot of athletic active people that really want to uh, run for the podium. But uh, uh, we have uh, more and more that uh, running into the uh, performance in the boardroom and performance uh, 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 at the retirement. So, so I think that it's a, a it's an healthy mix of those uh, two populations. Okay, so um, let's let's talk a little bit about the wider ecosystem of um, you know this kind of personalization of of of, of you know health uh, interventions and then maybe also anything related to lifestyle. 
lifestyle related um, changes, etc. There's a lot of companies that have been founded throughout the last years, um, you know, a lot that I have been looking at fitness, then, but then also nutrition. And, um, and then, you know, there has been a lot of companies that um, focus on all sorts of areas um, and produce testing kits for this and etc. There's variables, there's all these things. How, how do you look at the ecosystem and say, you know, and differentiate between the things that you you know, do not see as really kind of moving the needle forward and things that really excite you in the sense of getting back to this initial idea that you had, you know, or motivation of really pro prolonging life in a sense? Yeah, I think that's a good question. And I agree with you. There is a, a, a explosion of a new companies that coming and they getting into the, um, let's say, the wellness, the performance, longevity uh, domain. And I think that uh, uh, there are a lot of exciting uh, technologies that are coming. Um, I think that uh, what uh, is important is the combination of the technologies together, mm -hmm. because uh, I, I like the analogy of uh, the TV. So you have a, a normal TV, you have digital TV, you have high definition TV, and then you have 4K TV, okay? So uh, a lot of the solution are in the uh, normal, uh, let's say black and white TV that, uh, I don't know if uh, the audience still remember it, I still remember as a kid that uh, you don't have in, even a color and you, uh, you don't have a cable connected to that even. Um, so so it's, it's a new technology, but you are looking at, a, a, at a, your body with a very a, a specific angle. So you, you see some stuff, but you don't see a lot of stuff. And what I think that it's important is to look at the body as a in holistic way. So I think that the, uh, the integration of uh, all the new technologies that are coming together, like what we are doing in InstaTracker and we are uh, uh, working on, and we are planning to add more and more inputs like that, will allow you to receive holistic uh, uh, all around uh, um, um, recommendation and the insight about your body that will allow you to make an educated decision. When you look at it only, let me give you an example. Uh, I'm sure that you heard about CGM, continuous glucose monitoring. So it's very exciting, interesting, built specifically for the diabetic population. But using that alone, it's misguiding because hey, a, a specific food might increase my glucose. It's very important for diabetic because they have a problem. But for normal person, what is the effect of the triglyceride? What is the effect on a, a and I don't cholesterol, what is the effect about uh, on uh, uh, other markers? So, so I think that it's, uh, it's good to look at it, but you, again, you, you need to look at it as a, as a whole, as an ecosystem. And uh, I would be worried to use all that alone and uh, uh, change something in your life. So, so that's one example of a, a, a very exciting technology, but it should be included in the ecosystem, such as InstaTracker with the blood, DNA and fitness tracker, and then look at all of it together and come say, hey, yeah, your, uh, this, uh, I don't know, let's say that oatmeal increase your uh, 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 glucose after a, a meal, but what, uh, what is it doing for your uh, LDL cholesterol? If it's still decreasing your LDL cholesterol, maybe it's a risk that you want to take if you have high LDL cholesterol. So, so that's why I'm saying that it's, uh, it's, you need to look at it as a ecosystem and not uh, one a, a, a platform alone. Absolutely, and I think uh, what, you, what you just said, I, th I think is really bringing context, right? So giving actionable insights 
into things. And and I think so. What what we see now, and I, and I, I mentioned this to you in the beginning, right? Is that um, um, most of the companies that we see, they have almost all the same go-to-market strategy, right? I mean, the same as well as as you guys have with Inside Tracker, which is targeting, you know, targeting the aware, because obviously, you know, tar- because the, the aware uh, are not just, you know. Um, easier to convert because you know they like to test out new things etc we're hitting a nerve there but they're also able to pay for this right and i think what's going to be very very interesting and um i don't think that we have cracked that yet in in in, in this industry is really like okay how can we how can we you know transform that to a wider base of people you know so uh, where we can really reach more people and change behavior and really kind of nudge for that you know behavior change because i think this is very difficult not just because it's not just a a question about um you know having the money because i mean look at smartphones right everybody has almost everybody in this planet has an iphone whether they you know whether it's a good good um you know kind of uh, spent or not for them, <laughs> depending on their budget. But I think yeah. it's just a matter of priorities, right? And exactly. so how can we, uh, be, because for example, think about it, right? A genetics test, right? Or, you know, like um, um, something with microbiome or anything like that, right? The cost for that nowadays is already very low, right? Compared to back in the days. So, and you can gain so much knowledge, but the question is, how can we put this as a prioritization basically, you know, up the chain for a wider amount of people. Do you think about something like that as well? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm 100% agree with you. And I think that it's a basically cost versus value. So if you give enough value and the value is, uh, uh, when I describe the uh, mountains and the hills, that's a, a good example, because even if you give them a very high value in the mountains, mm-hmm. there is a, a long t- time until you will get to the next uh, mountain. So then the human brain tend to think about tomorrow, yesterday, but not a few months before. So I think that it's very strategic to give them the hills between the mountains and give them a value not only on the mountains. And that's definitely something that we are working on. How can we make the user, and actually you mentioned the smartphone, but and it's a very important tool. How can we make the user open the app every day and look at it and get value every day. Because if you receive value every day from the app, you will uh, continue to use it. If you receive a value from the app uh, once a year, maybe you won't uh, continue to use it. So I think that that's a a key is to give you enough uh, value and uh, try to keep the cost as little as possible. And that's the solution, basically. How can we give our users a value that uh, they will appreciate and use uh, uh, every day? Yeah, it's not an easy task. It's it's not an easy task, that's for sure. Uh, because you know, we as people love our comfort zones. <laughs> that's yeah. definitely the case. Um, so what is um, I mean, you, you have been uh, working on Inside Tracker now for almost thirteen years, right? And uh, or uh, I think about thirteen years, right? And so this is quite some time. And I mean, it's uh, it's it's been some time since you've uh, come out of academia. Um, I want to talk a little bit about academia. So, um, you know, you left academia and um, went into uh, into really, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, going inside the industry, you know, uh, raising capital, <laughs> you know, working, uh, working with all sorts of different uh, profiles, which are, you know, uh, very, very different from academia. 
and I, but I, I still know that you kept close with academia, right? Because you, because you, you work a lot, a lot with different scientists, etc. How do you see the status quo in academia in the sense of really bridging the gap from research, right, towards um, society? Um, do you think something has changed? Um, how do you look at the space kind of in the sense of, um, you know, towards the future, what needs to change? It, does something need to be changed? I mean, you probably have an opinion on this, and I, I would definitely like to hear that. Yeah, definitely. So I think that the academia is very important because uh, they have the freedom to work on whatever they like, and everyone there is working on a specific thing, but it's his passion. So uh, mm-hmm. you see it a lot in the academia, you see it less in, uh, let's say, in the normal life, because uh, uh, at the end of the day, people need to feed their family and kids. And in the academia, most of them, and I'm also uh, very fortunate that I'm doing it at Instagram. I'm doing what I like, but uh, I, I have a lot of friends and not everyone is doing what they like. So I think that they, because they are doing what they like, they're doing a very good job. And I think that what is important is then how can we transfer or translate what they are doing in the academia into a value for users. So people like us, so people that doesn't have a PhD that can understand what is the outcome of a, a, a specific research and what does it mean for me? That's, that's the question that everyone wants to know. If there is something new that's very good and I can uh, live another year, everyone wants to know it, but how can we do that? So, so that's one thing that we are doing at InstaTracker. We have a team of scientists that mine the literature all the time and extract the information from the peer-reviewed scientific publication and update the recommendation uh, on time all the time and giving the user uh, the most recent, but also the best uh, recommendation. We are uh, building, we have a platform that build uh, automatically build uh, something called meta-analysis. Meta-analysis basically looking at a lot of uh, papers at once and then decide whether it's uh, all the data together is good or not, because a lot of time you can find the paper, I don't know, let's take coffee. One day coffee is good for you, one day coffee is bad for you, one day coffee is uh, uh, not good or not bad. And why is it? Because if you look at it, uh, the, t- the study was done on a specific population, specific time, specific uh, concentration, uh, uh, for specific indication. So what we are doing, we combine all of it together and looking at some Oh, coffee might be good for males that are between 40 and 50 and uh, running a 5K, but it might not be good for someone that, uh, I don't know, cycling. For example, I'm not saying that that's the truth. So so that's something that is very important that I think that we are doing. But in addition to that, if you look at the uh, academia, um, uh, several institutes, and I think that MIT is very good in that, uh, uh, fi- found a way to allow the professors to basically take transfer their uh, knowledge into uh, genesis of uh, companies or starting their companies by themselves and then allow us to receive new drug or new product or uh, anything else. So I think that uh, um, that's something that's happening and happening more. As a founder of a company, I can tell you that uh, I had a, 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 in an interaction with a few universities, and it's not easy. The tech transfer uh, is uh, uh, not very friendly most of the time, and uh, they always feel like uh, they have uh, they are uh, 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 having the, a lot of gold in their vault, and uh, you are trying to steal it from them. 
And I think that that's, if you're asking me if something should be changed, they need to be a bit more realistic and they allow uh, uh, the companies, the entrepreneurs, the industry to take those technologies and uh, uh, convert them into a product. And I, I always believe in, a, a, it's better to have a slice of a pie than a full pie. So I think that that's something that if something can be changed is uh, they, they might need to be a bit more realistic. Yeah, uh, absolutely. This is a this is a big topic, and I think uh, it's a topic that is uh, you know no matter what country uh, you're in, I think uh, especially well, especially in the Western Hemisphere, right? I see, I see that here in Europe as well. So this uh, technology transfer as is or you know kind of like this transfer from research towards uh, industry um, is is a very big topic. You know, it was great uh, having you on the podcast, Joe. Uh, thanks a lot, uh, really, for, for having this conversation with us. And I hope you, you'll be back one day. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure and have a great day.